This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, February 10th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. After two devastating wars, chronic deficits, massive debt, continued surveillance of Americans, and a decades-long disastrous drug war, Americans are disillusioned with prevailing political thinking. In his new book, The Libertarian Mind, the Cato Institute's David Bowes presents his argument on behalf of libertarianism, the philosophy of personal and economic freedom. What are we going to learn from the libertarian mind uh, that we don't learn, haven't learned from your previous book? Well, first, 99.9% of Americans didn't learn anything from my previous book because they didn't buy it. So the first start is... 99% of the audience is still there. And so what I think you learn fundamentally from the book is the basic libertarian ideas in areas like law, economics, the history of libertarian thought, individualism and pluralism, how big government works. It's kind of an applied uh, public choice uh, chapter. And those chapters are much the same as they were before. But... In this new book, I am talking a lot more about Bush and Obama and a little bit about the Tea Party and Occupy Wall Street. Um, I've added a good bit on America's libertarian heritage as described by leading political scientists. And then I get into more current issues like terrorism, inequality, overcriminalization, cronyism, and the vast wealth of Washington. Put into perspective this idea of a libertarian moment and why it may or may not be here. I think you could say that in 2008, the American people rejected the extreme social conservatism and neocon foreign policy of the Republicans. In 2014, they rejected the big government, big spending liberalism of the Democrats. And now they're looking for a new public philosophy that deals with both of those problems. And I like to think libertarianism is that philosophy they're looking for and that the libertarian mind is the place to find it. It's been there since before the American Revolution. It was there during the revolution, the writing of the Declaration of Independence, the abolitionist movement kind of got overshadowed from the progressive era to the New Deal to the Great Society. But since then, I think there's been a revival. And Unfortunately, one of the times you really see libertarian moments happening is when the government bites off a whole new chunk of power. So with the Patriot Act in 2001 and then the financial crisis and the Wall Street bailouts and the stimulus bill and Obamacare, you got a big reaction against those things by libertarians, then the NSA revelations, all of that. So I think really we can say since 2008, there's been this building small government opposition to Obama's big government programs combined with a socially liberal movement that has moved marijuana legalization and gay marriage a long way, and then the reaction to the NSA spying in all of these areas. The question of the power of government and the freedom of the individual is right there, and more people are talking about libertarian factions, libertarian wings in Congress than ever before. Libertarians place a great deal of emphasis on the power of civil society to solve problems. Why is that emphasis not uh, given as much uh, weight by other groups? A lot of people have preferences about the way other people should live, and they just instinctively assume that you should go to government to tell other people how to live. And whether that is to tell them who to marry or what to smoke or what to drink 
or how to spend their money or how to pay their employees. It's just an easy thing to say, oh, child care is really expensive. The government should pay for it. Libertarians understand that people generally make better decisions about their own lives than bureaucrats do, and also that freedom is a discovery process, and we will find out better ways to live by allowing millions of people to make those choices and see which ones seem to be working, which ones we'd like to copy, which ones we want to avoid. There is a generation that now are adults, essentially, who have never really known a time when the United States hasn't been uh, dropping bombs on other countries or has had troops in other countries or been explicitly fighting wars, uh, which is an important distinction to make uh, with in recent years. So what, what does libertarianism have to offer these uh, young people and why uh, do you suspect there is uh, so much interest now among young people? Well, it's a good question. What do people get used to? Certainly, we've gotten used to a much bigger government taking care of our retirement, our child care, our education um, than Americans in previous generations did. And now you're right. Young people can't remember when the United States was not at war. Does that make them just get used to it, like in 1984, we have always been at war with East Asia, or will it make them rebel against it? I do think, at least among some young people, you are seeing uh, a very negative reaction to endless war and endless abuses of civil liberties, and that is driving young people in a libertarian direction. And of course, Six years ago, it drove them away from Bush and the Republicans, and now they're noticing that they haven't really gotten an end to war and civil liberties abuses from the Democrats, and I think they're more open to looking around. What does polling data suggest about people's willingness to go along with libertarian ideas? Well, you can be a radical libertarian or a moderate libertarian or whatever. One thing that David Kirby and I have found in our studies on the libertarian vote is that if you take three questions about the role of government that major pollsters often ask, you can find that anywhere from 13 to 25 percent of the American public fall into a broadly libertarian quadrant of the political spectrum. That doesn't mean they're as radical as the ideas in this book or that they subscribe to Reason magazine. It does mean they tend to think government is too big and too powerful. Government shouldn't tell people how to run their lives. Um, Government should be smaller. Who is the book for? I think there might be three audiences. First, libertarians who want a deeper understanding of their own ideas. Second, libertarians who have wanted a book they could give to their friends and family who say, what is this libertarian thing you're always talking about? Because I've tried to make the book comprehensive but accessible, readable. Um, Nevertheless, libertarians who think they already know libertarianism, I learned a lot writing this book. I think they would learn a lot reading it. And then sort of the third purpose of it is a book for the tens of millions of Americans who regard themselves maybe as fiscally conservative and socially liberal, maybe just as dissatisfied with um, the two parties and their approaches to uh, politics and policy, and are looking around for a new public philosophy. David Bowes is executive vice president of the Cato Institute. The book is The Libertarian Mind. You can order your copy at Cato.org.